means it's time again for another episode of scaring is sharing yes it's the place where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror hip hip hooray hip hip hooray huzzah (laughs) huzzah and i am so thrilled today and every episode to be here with my ride or die jeremy the original sasquatch slim rusk and you know i'm always honored that you think so highly of me, my co-host, my my co-pilot on this horror ship, Brandy Joe, the flame and scream queen himself, Flambeck. And you know, you say co-pilot. I was on a plane this past week, and yesterday I watched, um, and I've, I've had it on my list forever to see, and I just always forget about it. But the strange thing about the Johnsons. Do you know about this? Yes. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, I um a while ago when it first made the rounds as a uh, uh, a thing that people are like, hey, by the way, if you like Ari Aster, watch his uh, student film. Yeah, which is crazy. I read some quote today. So it's Ari Aster's like debut film. It's short. It's like thirty minutes. Um, and I read something where he said, like he because it's like produced or whatever through like the American Film Institute. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I wonder what like crazy shit I can get away with or something was sort of like the crux of what he said. So if you've not seen it, it is worth the watch. It is very fucked up, mm-hmm. <laughs> which should come as no surprise that that is his calling card. And yeah, um, lots of the letterbox reviews are like, is anyone in his family normal slash alive? Because <laughs> he talks so much about family trauma. And I mean, I. I I never think that like when I like knowing all of it, like his his breadth mm-hmm. of work, I, that's not something that would cross my mind because I don't know. I think that artistry, you don't have to dig in as much like it doesn't always have to be like, oh, your family's fucked up. And therefore, that's what your art is about. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same thing where I'm like, I think creative people who hang around other creative people, you realize that like a lot of uh what people make like art wise like even if it is fucked up it doesn't mean that that person has something wrong with them or that you know some horrible thing happened to them it's just you know uh people can make up stuff that's fucked up guys uh all on their own you know it's true it can just happen so but i was watching on the plane and since you've seen it you at least know the subject matter which i knew absolutely nothing of and i was sitting in the middle seat and all of a sudden i was like oh oh okay you're (laughs) like (laughs) trying to cover your screen like turning my ipad like away from the guy sitting next to me watching some like romantic comedy on the the tv in his seat and in the airport i watched the big shave is that what it's called the big shave right yeah um, yes, that teacher Drew recommended, and I was like, "Oh wow, if people are walking by, they're gonna be." And I, I figured it had to, you know, I knew it had to do with shaving, and I knew it was kind of gross, so I figured it. Was, but I was like, "Oh wow, this is watching hardcore stuff and 
public places. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> I'm sure that's like a game or something on TikTok, right? Like or something out there. Like, like who can watch the Serbian film in a crowded airport? Like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that should be a new thing for us or anyone out there listening. Um, taking pictures of yourself watching something fucked up in a public space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that game. So yeah, there you go. Um, someone come up with a creative name for it because I think that it should have like a name, you know. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing I've got is I watched, you know, Body Double on a train. So I oh, was trying to not bizarre. like... Where were you going? That was, uh, we we had gone uh, to Chicago. And I think it was on, if I remember, it was on our train ride back from Chicago. I was watching for the episode we did. I was watching Body Double on a train and trying to like angle it so <laughs> the people behind <laughs> me couldn't just see my... <laughs> my phone screen so you said body double but i thought of body bags which i know we've talked about before as well yeah no no, sort no. Of, uh, body, body double, double De Palma, which has some sexy things right which has a lot of nudity so yeah but that old time like early 80s nudity yeah which was so. not too shabby yep uh but if you've never listened to us before jeremy and i love horror movies and we talk about them and we share things we've watched and news we've heard and then Mm -hmm. we um share movies with each other that the other one's not seen before and we watch them and we come back and we talk about them so yeah that's what we do okay that's what we do and what is today's episode jeremy today is a special episode though because as you're listening to it my birthday has already come and passed but we're still celebrating it anyway with this episode. <laughs> so uh, I get the mandate. I get to pick the movies. So yeah, you do. That's what we do on birthdays around it here. Is. So how was your birthday? It was exactly what I wanted, which was just time to do what I wanted over the weekend and uh, take it easy. Good. And Did you I watch want. any horror films or anything of the sort? Yeah, I got some. I got some fun rewatches in. Um, on this past Saturday evening, uh, my brother hung out with me, and we watched uh, Hellraiser Three: Hell on Earth, which mm. is a you know, it's that's the beginning of the end. Like the first two Hellraisers are good, and then it's like they had no hope. For a long time after that with the sequels but i think three is still enjoyable um it's it, it's the beginning of it getting goofy and just like them totally losing the plot about what makes these movies you know cool and interesting um or the characters the cenobites interesting but um it does have a lot of the best i think pinhead dialogue like pinhead gets to talk a lot in that one um but doug bradley is just always so on with that character that he delivers some really good uh one-liners in that one is that the one um that lauren brought to our attention after we talked about nightclub horror that there's a nightclub there's a nightclub is that the one with the flying cds or whatever yes that's it okay that's the one it's cheesy but you know it's okay i still have a soft spot for hellraiser 3 uh and then we also rewatched attack the block uh which oh i've heard that's really good i think is a phenomenal movie and then i remembered i don't think you've seen it so i'm saving that for at some point to watch it again for the show um but yeah it's a lot of fun it's john boyega his first uh movie role because you know he's gone on to be star wars famous now so um he started there and like man is, is that he's good he's good so when we watch that you know you'll I'll point that out to you. Well, I just can't wait. Yeah. So I think anyway, I like it more than I'd like Star Wars. 
probably almost almost certainly um <laughs> but uh yeah so we did that and you know on saturday or on sunday sun this past sunday was my actual birthday yesterday uh as we're recording uh i got to go to barnes and noble and just shop and my wife oh. that was my gift uh my wife's gift to me was i got to go to a shopping spree and do a little shopping spree at Barnes and Noble and pick out some books. So oh, nice. Now, back in the day when Borders was a thing, which my husband, shout out to Joe, um, uh, co-host of Three Funny Ladies, check it out. Joe used to work at Borders for like a million, million years. Did mm-hmm. you, back when they were both around, would you shop at still Barnes and Noble or were you a Borders guy? Um, for a long time, I was a Borders guy because we had a Borders like outlet in our local mall where I grew up. So I would go to that all the time and buy. Uh, and and I and I remember they had a pretty. It was small because you know it was in the mall, so it wasn't like a big, big location. Uh, but they had a cool selection. I remember of uh, <laughs> science fiction because that's what I read a lot of, and they had books about movies. Uh, and mm, I still mm-hmm. remember to this day, like, I don't think I have that book anymore because uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. So maybe I donated it or something. But I used to have this book that was published by Fangoria that was like the 100 best horror movies you've never seen. Uh, and I remember I bought it in high school at the uh, borders at my mall and had that. And that's how I learned about like a whole bunch of stuff like Maniac Cop and uh, The Devil's Backbone and all kinds of uh, okay. little more, a little more off the. Uh, the beaten path sort of horror movies. So, and did you ever hear of the store Hastings? I have. Okay. Cause that was like in college, my go-to. Yeah. But it was for movie rentals because I think I've talked about it before, but they had, you could get five movies for five days for $5. Oh, and that yeah. was the fucking shit. Yeah. I don't recall any Hastings in my vicinity, but I've, I've always heard the name. Yeah. That was my, that was my jam. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good birthday. Congratulations yeah, on being another. How old are you? I'm 37 now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You're almost the age where I finally started to get my shit together. And you're much more along on that route than I am. So. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> it happens. So you're still a baby. I feel yeah. like I've only been a true adult for like five years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm still just a baby. Um, you're a baby. Yeah, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, I I feel like though the in recent years, all I want for my birthday, I'm like peace and quiet. That's all I want. Let me have that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so on, I went on this cruise as I've discussed already, and I just mentioned the two short movies I watched, and then if you are friends with me on Instagram, which you certainly can be, um. Hit me up if you're not. I watched two horror movies with my nieces, which mm, was a blast. I, I saw those. So it was all a matter of figuring, like, because I hadn't prepared in advance. So I had, like, the internet package, like, on the cruise. And to download a two-hour movie would take, like, three to four hours. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yesterday when I got to the Seattle airport, I downloaded something. And it downloaded it in, like, one minute and, like, 15 seconds. And I was like, oh, my God, I have missed high-speed internet, which I was shocked that the Seattle airport was such high. But I guess compared to, like, cruise yeah, it's internet. Yeah, cruise speed, yep. Yeah, so to download A Nightmare on Elm Street and Poltergeist took so long and it kept like failing and i had to like redo it but i watched both movies with all three of my nieces ages Mm. 8 10 and 12 
Whoa. And yeah, and it was awesome. Like my sister allowed it, which was amazing because I mean, I know I was like going to the theater to see horror movies when I was 10. So I was like, yeah. Mm. And my, my 10 year old niece, Hudson, is the one who's like really into horror movies. But all of them had watched Megan, and that's the only horror movie they've seen, but they all thought it was stupid and not scary. Mm. So they'd watch like the trailers for like Poltergeist and Nightmare on Elm Street, but they hadn't like yet watched them. And my sister sort of approved them because she'd seen them before or whatever, with like the caveat that if anyone was feeling scared, they could leave the room or whatever. And um, and no one ever got scared. I think that they enjoyed them. My youngest niece thought poltergeist got boring. And I was like, well, that's called character development. <laughs> 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 but they enjoyed it. I think they really loved the, you know, the little kid characters. I think yeah. that helped invest in the story. And we had some good laughs, but I think that they enjoyed it. I think like the majority of the nieces gave it like between like four and five stars and nightmare on Elm street. My eldest niece Hadley gave it like three stars, but um, Hudson, who's the horror movie lover gave it like four and a half and harmony. Who's the baby like gave it like, I don't know, like four or something like that. Or she may have given both of them five. She doesn't really understand the ratings. She's just like five, five, <laughs> but it was so fun to watch it. I'm like, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship or whatever that Casablanca line is. Yeah. So I'm all, all for it. The other, and I'm excited. I'm gonna start, of course, sending my niece Hudson like all my favorite movies, like for her birthday, like horror movies. Since now, like it seems like it's mostly okay for I, I you know, I mm-hmm. won't send her Human Centipede or anything like that. Yeah, um, but but like in hindsight, I wish. Yes, in hindsight, and this is like I think mainly because of our friend of the podcast, Lauren. When I was talking about my niece and she saw my posts, she had shown uh, The Conjuring to her daughter. And I was like, oh man, that's what I should have done. That's like scary, but not like, there's no like sex, which is what my sister's really worried about them seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I think that's like a contemporary one that has like some really good scares. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have showed them Conjuring. But I'm going to be sending those horror movies to my niece for her birthday and for Christmas and for Hanukkah. I'm going to, not that they're Jewish, but. Just any any chance I can get. Will any be like a any holiday, any excuse. Yeah, I mean, Poltergeist would be perfect because I'm pretty sure I was like roughly like eight to ten when I saw Poltergeist the first time. So yeah, yeah, and it, that was like, yeah, of course, it stuck with me forevermore. And uh, it, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And same with Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I was definitely like a preteen. I think the first time I saw it. So um, yeah, and they stick with you because they're good yeah. ones. And they were all, like, as Nightmare on Elm Street's going, they were all like, how did he get like this? What's his backstory? They were so intent on knowing the backstory. And I was like, just calm down. Just calm down. And after it was done, they're like, what did he look like before he got burned? What did he look like? So I had to, like, pull up pictures of him from, like, Nightmare on Elm, like, from Freddy's Dead or some shit. Yeah. So I was like, and that, and they're like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's but just like, a man. <laughs> he's just a man. He's just a yeah. curly-haired man. Uh, so that was so fun, though. Like, what, like, such joy i wish it would have been their all-time first scary movie like megan doesn't really and they were all like megan wasn't scary i'm like it wasn't supposed to be it was supposed to be kind of funny like yeah kind of campy and a good time but my youngest niece harmony was like i'm the only one in my class who got to see megan and i was like well i bet you'll be the only one in your class who's seen these two movies too so yeah exactly so but yeah they both hold up so well and poltergeist just is so so good the mom is so good. What is her name? Not Mary Beth Williams. Joe Beth Williams. Mm-hmm. She's so fucking good. And Craig T. Nelson is so daddy hot. Like it, 
it's just so good and the effects for the most part are pretty good like mm-hmm. that when that hand kind of comes out the tv towards the beginning they were all like that looks fake but that was the only time they said anything like that because that's that old school animation yeah so stuff. it looks different you know yeah, when, than when what they're, they're used to yeah when they're conditioned to see computer animation all the time that's what they track is like that's how you do animated effects so my biggest takeaway with it though was dominique dunn's character the eldest sister mm-hmm like, I think she adds a nice contrast to the other kids, but it's just too bad nothing happens to her. Like, no. she's there, and then she disappears for most of the movie. And yeah, then she comes back at the end for that great line, what's happening? Yeah, she, she's like the forgotten character. Like, I feel like maybe there's, like, probably another draft of the script that has, like, more with her in it, but I'm sure at some point they had to, like, cut it back or something. Yeah, and I was talking to Joe about it because I was like, I, he thinks that she died before it came out because I think he said that it said that the film was dedicated to her because she was killed by like her boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wondered if there had been something and they took it out. You know, yeah, like if it I was like, I'm I'm curious, but it it just feels weird to have her there, like a like with nothing for her to react to except for the very end. But I like her. I love her character. I love oh, yeah. that she stands up to like, you know, like the pervy like house not cleaners, the the guys working out on the pool and stuff. Yep. But the mom watches and she's like, oh her. Yeah. And I'm like, go out and tell those guys that leave your daughter alone. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking great movie though. Both no, of them yeah. are just classics, high, high up on my list. Top ten for sure. Fantastic. I have one other cruise story, but do you, why don't you interject with other, what else have you watched since we last met? Oh, that's, I mean, that's just a, your that's birthday. It. Yeah. Just let my little b- birthday viewing and that's it really of note. Um, yeah. So, okay. I'll tell my other story fairly yeah. quickly here. So I was talking to my parents one day and, um, we were talking about our past dogs. Cause like the last dog we had had to be put to sleep and they have it. They decided not to get another dog. And my, and her name was Jenny. And my dad was like, did we ever tell you about how she haunted us? And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, um, no, you did not And he's, my mom's like, yeah. And it's your dad's fault. And I was like, okay, I need this story. What happened? So our dog Jenny was like getting sick and my dad was like uh-huh. sort of holding off taking her to the vet because he just knew what was going to happen. And one day my mom was out to like a luncheon or something and he took her to the vet and, you know, the vet was like, yeah, you know, you can hold on, but we probably should just put her to sleep. So my dad, being the the typical man that he is, um, decided to put her to sleep and go out and bury her without my mom involved because he just thought that way she doesn't have to deal with it all this so he has jenny put to sleep he goes out and buries her next to where our other dogs are buried out in like the country outside of cody wyoming and my mom gets home and is just furious at him for not including her all that like just so so upset so my dad a little like uh, i don't know a week later or something is like in like on their computer like working on something or playing solitaire or something and like and jenny walks by and he doesn't think anything of it and then all of a sudden he's like wait what Uh (laughs) what just happened and then like we our kitchen is like linoleum floor and he's like you know that sound like if you know you're working on something the dog's behind you and you turn and there's that sort of like clipping clicking of like the nails on the linoleum he's like so i was working on something i turn around and i heard that sound and he's like oh my god and he's like i he's like i didn't want to tell your mom because i didn't want her to be like oh my god you're going senile but he finally was like so something weird has been happening and he tells her and she's like 
That is so weird because I've been seeing her around the house too. <laughs> and then she's like, you know why that is. And so both of my parents had like a month and a half where they kept seeing her and hearing her. Wow. <laughs> and they are not like afterwards. I was like, have either, because like both sets of my grandparents have died. And I'm like, have either of you had any experiences like with your grandparent with my grandparents? And they were like, Nope, nothing. But mm. this one dog, even though yeah. we've had like three, main dogs in my lifetime yeah. that have you know been had to be put to sleep eventually and nope but jenny has been yeah. like hung around for like a month and a half she wanted to stick around <laughs> isn't that wild i thought that was so crazy coming she from had, my dad especially she had unfinished dog business <laughs> she did yeah so that's yeah. wild so that's yeah. my dog stories yeah. Um, should we read some of our telegrams? Yeah, let's get to telegrams. We got telegrams. Yeah, we got telegrams. You want to kick us off? Yes, I will. Uh, and the first one comes from Matt Matthew, I should say. Yes. Uh, and Matthew writes, "Greetings, Brandy and Jeremy. Last week I saw Talk to Me, and I really enjoyed it. One thing that really stuck out to me was the cinematography. I absolutely loved the cinematography in that film." Overall, a really good film. I'm really excited for the sequel that they announced. On the last episode, Teacher Drew recommended the film The Big Shave, which I have seen previously and enjoyed. When I watched the, that film, it reminded me of another short film I saw called Cutting Moments. I found out about that film in a disturbing movie Iceberg video, which should tell you it's lighthearted. Not only is it a hard, to, a hard film to watch, it's also a hard film to find. And it was included in a feature-length film called Family Portraits, A Trilogy of America, with two other short films that were done by the director, Douglas Buck. I haven't seen that film, so I don't know much about the other two short films. And as for cutting moments, I would say check trigger warnings, but I think it's something you should just experience if you're able to. Side note, have you two discussed movie icebergs on your show? I can't remember. If not, what is your take on them? Have you discovered things that were on them? Or were you like me, got far down to the iceberg and realized that you saw quite a few films on the lower half of the iceberg? Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. And Thanks, Matthew. First of all, talk to me. I love that you loved it. I'm excited about the sequel. And also, I um, am excited that A24 is doing a replica hand for sale. It hasn't come out yet, but they've announced it. And I'm excited because I think I would like that. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That would be yes. very cool. Yes. So I have seen Cutting Moments. And I'm pretty sure, Matthew, I will hit you up via IM to confirm this and i think i've talked about it on the show once a long long time ago because it involves like a housewife who's sort of feeling ignored by her husband oh god it is definitely one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen it is real mm. real disturbing have you seen it jeremy no no i haven't oh my god i want to say some things that involves but I, you know me and spoilers like i typically don't but if you want to be challenged and um grossed out but yes i think if you are concerned about trigger warnings, it's probably something to keep in mind and look that up before watching it. That's a smart idea. Um, but otherwise, go in blind, and it is a fucked up. And I haven't watched all the rest because it is like a like a trilogy of shorts or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't watched the whole thing. I just watched that one, and I was like, that's enough. Thank you. But well done. It reminds me a little bit of the strange thing about the Johnsons. Um, more fucked up than that, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. And okay. what about you? What's your experience with the iceberg list? 
like I don't really know much about it. Um, I feel like like I've heard of these different like the, <clears throat> the idea of the iceberg chart before, and it's one of those things that feels like part of online culture that I just never clicked with, or I don't know, never paid attention to. Um, because I'm looking it up right now. I'm like, what is this disturbing movie's iceberg? And I'm looking at it. Um, and like a lot of this is stuff that like I've already known of, like, you know, like in early internet days, I feel like I was online enough and getting interested in horror movies and disturbing movies that like back in the day, you just trolled uh freaking, you know, message IMDb. boards. Yep. Yeah. You just trolled message boards and found what people were saying was disturbing. And I've already seen like a lot of these things or heard of a lot of these older ones, at least from just early internet days and reading magazines. Oh my God, reading horror magazines. So, um, but yeah, this looks like it's got some interesting stuff in there. I see begotten, which we talked about last yeah. episode because and of on the uh, bottom. Yeah, it's down there. Like, uh, so if you don't know about the iceberg list, it is sort of, it's, let's see, I see one, two, three, four, five. It's like six levels and it shows you the top of the iceberg, which this is all very appropriate having just been on an Alaskan cruise. And the top is like, these movies are disturbing the top of the iceberg. And as you go down to each layer, it's like gets darker and darker. And in regards to how disturbing the films are. And yes, it's, I'm a little surprised and I haven't seen Begotten, but it's like all the way at the bottom, but the other shit on the bottom is stuff. Like I've no interest in watching like tumbling doll of flesh, like, no, thank you. It just, the, what yeah. I've seen is just like, no, no, no. Yeah. The ones I'm pulling up online show like the Guinea pig movies from Japan, of course. And like, it's stuff that's faces of death is towards the bottom. It's stuff that is irreversible. Si yeah. It's stuff that's like simulated snuff and doesn't really have and or face of death, some of its real footage of death. So, it, it you know, it's things that are not necessarily any, I would say, there's narrative and entertainment value are not the top concerns for those films. So totally. Yeah. yeah but it is, there's definitely some, some grody things on there. And I, back in the day, I would have like looked at this list and sought them out. Yes, me otherwise, too. Otherwise I'm more now, like what have I seen that's on here? And are there things I know of that I've wanted to see that are on here, in which case I would watch them, you know, mm -hmm. but there's like definitely some stuff on here I have no interest in watching. And it's just, yeah, it's fascinating to see where some of the things lie on here. Yes, exactly. And I don't know if the one I'm looking at is like the definitive one or if there's like other ones, but really stuff usually at the bottom, like there's one and I don't know if I don't, I'm not immediately seeing on here, but there's like vomit dolls or whatever. Like there's ones where like mm -hmm. girls like puke all over each other. And I'm like, I just I don't want to, I don't want to see that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I, I don't dive into this very often, but it is a fascinating thing. And if you haven't looked at, look up the iceberg, uh, iceberg movies, iceberg movie chart is probably a good way to find it. Yeah. I'm seeing a few different lists. So yeah. like, so thank you. Yeah. Matthew. Thank you. Yeah. You can keep looking at that. I'm going to hop on over to, uh, Lauren's uh, telegram here. All right. Who um, starts off <laughs> because I talked about my niece who had thought that Billy the puppet in Saw was like Jigsaw or was all of Saw, like the, the uh -huh. main thing. And she said, Oh my God, BJP, Tessa just did the thing your niece did. Wait, Jigsaw's an old man? To which Lauren said, uh, Yeah, I thought he was a doll. Internal sigh. No, the dummy is named Billy. <laughs> and then Lauren writes, 
started listening to the episode before Ro woke up. I just decided last night that I'm going to make Mad Monster Expo full weekend with VIP because Kane Hodder himself is going to be there. Mm. I'm going solo because I'm taking Tess to the Mad Monster Atlanta in November to meet the Screamcast. And we both decided that this one wasn't her cup of tea. She even shrugged off Kane Hodder. But she loves Halloween more, so it's okay. VIP called RIP also involves an evening socialization with the guest celebrities and other attendees so I can just be an adult and not a mom for the weekend and hang out with cool people. I will totally hit, hit up Danhausen for you guys. I'm bringing our toy AEW belt for a photo <gasps> with him. He is a very, very good, very, very evil and such a talented wrestler. So does that excite you? Does that make you that, happy? It does excite me. That would be very cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, um, Lauren took me up on my Audible credit, and I shot her over the troop. And I have a few more credits. I think it was Al who said he was interested, but I haven't heard back from him because I just need to know what you want to listen to so I can send it to you. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Lauren. Yeah, and thanks, Lauren. Tell us how Dan Housen is. Yeah, tell us how Dan Housen is. I hear he is a riot once. Yeah. Uh, for for fan interaction so that's exciting yeah um, all right i guess bring uh, us home. I'm, I'm bringing us home teacher drew wrote in and said morning guys i enjoyed hearing you on it's only a podcast the four of you have excellent chemistry enough of the same to get along balanced with enough different to keep it interesting uh yeah and i gotta say we love doing the it's only a podcast so and we want to have them we want to have them back on here so we will yeah, we will. We will. Anyway, Teacher Drew continues. The Big Shave, the Scorsese short I told you about, is currently on Max. I am more than a little excited about the new Exorcist movie and love the trailer. I can't wait. I appreciated your take on Gods and Monsters. It is a beautifully heartbreaking view of our own mortality coupled with the legacy we leave behind. I rewatched Annihilation and it really held up. I might have to read the novel. The cinematography, the plot, the themes, the characters all clicked with me. You must give it a watch. Question for you. I was trying to explain the concept of so bad it's good to a friend, and I think he's still struggling with the concept. How would you best explain it? When your new episode comes out, I will be back in the classroom. Luckily, I made the most of my summer. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Nice, Teacher Drew. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, so bad. It's good. Mm -hmm. I think it's something, and I know we've talked about it multiple times on here, but I think it's usually something that isn't purposely trying to be bad. It's trying so hard to be good, but yes. like the acting and the writing and the editing and just all either multiple elements or one element in particular is just not as good as the people involved think it is. Yeah. And maybe upon initial watch, you're just like, wow, I like you went in hoping it was going to be good and it just was bad. And sometimes it takes that first watch of your expectations getting sort of ruined. And maybe sometimes watching it with friends or hearing other people talk about like that movie was so much fun because of how bad it was that upon rewatch, you can enjoy its um, its elements that are not so up to par and actually just kind of dig it and and then um enjoy that ride i guess what do you yeah, think yeah yeah exactly it's funny too i was just having this conversation with a friend over the weekend about like what's an effective so bad or like what truly makes a movie so bad it's good and what makes a movie so bad that it's just bad yeah. um and it can be a fine line but like i think one of the biggest things it, it, it's sort of like you said 
it, there's earnestness and authenticity by the filmmakers. Like nobody, for the most part, nobody sets out to make a bad movie. They were trying to say something and due to budget constraints or the talent of the actors or the writing or who knows what, like a prime example, of course, is plan nine from outer space where Ed Wood, you know, was trying his hardest to make a movie and he was passionate about making movies but just budget and the actors available to him and so many things would come together to cause it to not be, you know, great per se. Something's holding it back, but so bad it's good are generally still watchable. That's the thing. Like, I think no matter what, they're not boring, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of the quality or whatever. When there are plenty of movies, though, that you can tell are just bad, 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 uh, because they were made just to be made and make some money off of it really quickly. You can tell flick. And that was the example I was bringing up is like, there's so many straight to video things that, you know, uh, no love went into making this thing. It was just cranked out to make some money and fulfill a contract or what, or to make some money back on uh, uh, video sales by unsuspecting people, you know, sort of thing. So. And I also think, I mean, of course, to one person, what's so bad, it's good. might be so bad it's bad to another person it exactly really, it's very so subjective many, yeah it is very subjective i also think the thing that makes something so bad it's good is that you enjoy it you are entertained by it yes you're actually entertained because i've watched yeah. plenty of things that are just bad bad where you're like this wasn't even entertaining it was just really boring uh so there you go but like i think you should there's there's going to be some level of authenticity to the filmmaking and some enjoyment some some entertainment factor out of it so yeah i mean when we talk about so bad it's good i immediately think of showgirls which the first time i watched it thought it was going to be like this great thing and so therefore i was just like oh this movie's bad and i just turned it off and then kept hearing how fun it was and what i like oh my god isn't showgirls great and i was like no and they're like not like really but it's like so great and i was like okay so i rewatch it i'm just like oh shit this is amazing (laughs) but talk about like elizabeth berkeley thought she was giving like an oscar worthy performance and that's what makes it so amazing because it's so bad and the writing is so horrible it's just incredible that's it that's my go-to thought that's really it that's a big one i now now that i've watched it yeah plan nine should be in there i think of of course the room um, yeah, you yeah. know, because that movie is hilarious and like I could watch it a hundred times and it's still funny and entertaining, but it is not well made in any way or well acted or anything. But, you know, it's still entertaining. So I think that's really, really where that or Troll 2. There's another one, another famous. one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. So everybody write in and tell us your favorite. So bad. It's good films. Yeah. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, or what makes a so yeah. bad? It's good. Well, yeah, yeah. What is, what are, I think your criteria? definition is subjective as well. For yeah, sure. what's your criteria? So, all right. Uh, well, thanks, Teacher Drew, and thank you everyone for writing in. Uh, what do you have any news? I have no news. I've not paid any attention. Anything worth no- noting? Uh, I have a single piece of news that caught my interest, which is uh, they're doing a remake of Street Trash. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is a real obscure, you know, they call them, uh, what do they call it? Goo, goo melt movies? Yeah. Body, body melt movies or something? Yeah, but anyway, the original Street Trash, it's ridiculous. Have you ever seen Street Trash? No. Okay, yeah. I know of it, though. I think from In Search of Darkness. Yeah, it's wild, but it's being remade 
um, in South Africa, no less. It's being done by the huh. filmmaker who did the movie Fried Berry, which I've never seen, but I've heard good things about. But uh, yeah, okay. he's, he's doing a remake, reinvention, requel, you know, re- reboot, whatever the hell you want to call them nowadays of street trash, but set in South Africa. So it's going to have a slightly different uh, flavor to it. Than I'll bring the, it on. Uh, than the, I believe it was New York set, the original you know, movie. So okay. yeah, I'm into that. I like uh street trash is wild. I'll probably have to assign it to you someday. Cause it is a trip. So cool. Yeah. yeah bring that's it, on. it. That's all I got for big news, I think, or interesting news. So, all right. Well, why don't you assign your films to me then? Let's get to it. I was planning to do like a whole thing where I was going to be like, okay, theme. This is easy. It's my birthday. What else would I do? But we're doing Bigfoot movies. That's the connective tissue here. Uh, I was going to do a whole thing and be like, wheel of Bigfoot. And I was going to pick random movies for you. But uh, instead, I just wrote a list and uh, I'm going to go off that list. So and hopefully you've never seen any of these. So the top choice is Abominable from 2006. I have not. Okay. Do you know anything about it? Have you... No, I mean, I would imagine it's sort of a take on the abominable snowman or snowman. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Correct. Okay. But more of a Bigfoot because is the abominable snowman like literally a snowman and like the well, the, the term. No, the abominable snowman is just Bigfoot. But over in uh, uh, Tibet in the Himalayas oh, okay. is where, where they see it, where Got it's it. claimed to live. So. so I imagine it's more of a snowy setting with a Bigfoot. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Scientists out to prove that the abominable snowman is real. Okay. I don't know. That's what I'm going with. Scientists, go. scientists in snow. Let's run with it. And I'm excited <laughs> for you to see, take a peek at this one because it is, uh, it's lived in my brain pan for a long time. And a lot of people haven't seen this movie or even heard of it. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm interested in uh, talking about it. Um, and the second choice. I was going to go with, have you seen Exists? No. All right. Well, I'm going to give you Exists. That's the other one. From From when? 2009, I think. Let me double check. Oh, boy. So these are all put out in between 2000 and 2010. Oh, boy. Yep. That was an interesting time. Nope. Sorry. 2014 is when Exists is from. So. Okay. But still early 2000s-ish, you know. That's an interesting time period for stuff. It can go all sorts of ways. Well, I think this is going to involve a younger group of people also going out to prove the existence of Bigfoot. I think both of these include that similar theme as opposed to people randomly just coming across it. I think they're on the lookout for it. And I'm going to say it exists that it isn't really Bigfoot, that it's something else. That's what I'm going to say. I think I think this one will be a fun surprise to you too. If you know nothing about it, you'll nothing be like, "Oh, either. okay, interesting." So, yeah, cool. All right, well, let's uh, watch him and, and we'll come back and we'll talk about him. Cool. Sid, don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. So it's conversation time about those movies. That's right. And if you want to hear about this one, 
the we'll do them chronologically. If you want to hear about Abominable from 2006, 2006. Yes. And if you want to skip ahead to exists, then that is in the podcast notes. And you can skip ahead, but stick around. Okay. Bye. So, all right. Abominable from 2006, directed by Ryan Schifrin. Which, interesting enough, he is the son of Lalo Schifrin, who is a famous movie composer. So I was like, Who oh. composed this movie? Yeah, he composed this movie. And he yeah. also did Chinatown, I think. And okay. Enter the Dragon, like a bunch of big movies from back in the day. So anyway, the tagline on Letterboxd is, think big. <laughs> And the description is a man crippled in an accident returns to the woods after rehabilitation, certain that he'll not see Bigfoot again. <laughs> Although that's, that's like, I don't think he saw Bigfoot it? the first time. But that's something I wanted to bring up. So, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me make sure to come back to that. Yeah. So this movie is Rear Window meets... Harry and the Hendersons, I don't know, some Sasquatch, like, I can't think of, like, there's not really, I think Harry and the Hendersons is the most famous Bigfoot movie. Yes? Probably, yes. Yes, correct. I would say, I would say so. Which is weird. Other than maybe, like, I don't even know how famous it is, because have you heard of Legend of Boggy Creek? I mean, I've heard of it, but I I only, it reminds me of, like, the V8, you know, the video store as a kid. I think that's the next most famous Bigfoot movie. And most people only know the title and nothing about that one. So, yeah, Um, it's just it is a little surprising given the popularity of Bigfoot Mm -hmm. and the um, the widespread knowledge of his possible existence is that there's not more movies that are larger or more well known. Yeah, you'd think. So yes, given all of that, I think it's, um, it, but it definitely, I mean, the rear window, it like 100% like is a nod to that. And it feels kind of like a sci-fi movie, like a sci-fi channel movie, um, which like mm-hmm. towards the beginning, I'm like, ugh, like this, this sort of thing. But then it gets like fun because like many of these movies you give me, like I don't go into it, I don't come into it knowing what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So like it takes a little time to get acclimated to be like, how am I feeling about this? Am I what? Because that's the thing with like horror movies and like going back to the so bad it's good conversation from the first part. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like it's like you don't know if you don't know coming into it. I'm of the minds. My automatic mindset is usually watching this for it to be a good film. Yes, and then. So there's that weird moment when it sort of and it, here it didn't happen for like. I don't know, 25, 30 minutes before I'm like, oh, this is just silly fun. Whether that was the, 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 um, what they were going for or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, it took a little while. And then like the, the last half was just like a total blast because yes. it's just so goddamn silly. The gore is pretty good. There's like a handful of times where the gore is like awesome. Yes. One part in particular towards the end, following a very um, the the best line in the whole movie, which is wait, I have it somewhere. I know it. You know it. Well, then give it to me. Yo, ass monkey, eat this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Following that, there is the greatest gore in the whole movie, which is pretty. I'm like, oh my, I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen that before, which is also a surprising thing. Yeah, it was re- that part's really cool. 
And yeah, some, you know, a handful of like, you know, horror legends in here. D. Wallace, mm-hmm. um, Lance right Hendrickson. Yep. yep. And some others. Who are some others that are more? Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. As the uh, chain smoking oxygen tank uh, wielding uh, gas station attendant. And who is he? Uh, he's the reanimator himself, Herbert West. Got it. Thank you. I was like, I didn't look it up, but I was like, how do I know him? Yep. Um, the sheriff is the principal from the Breakfast Club. Yes. Which was fun. Yep. And then just like a handful, I keep saying handful, but there's then a handful of hot chicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like Rear Window mixed in with a teen slasher. It's like the two of them had sex with Bigfoot and a baby happened. Specifically, this movie just totally apes the plot of Friday the 13th Part 4. Oh, I mean, what? How? What? That That's the one with Corey Feldman. They're camping in the cabin near Crystal Lake. Uh, and then a bunch uh-huh. of teens stay in the cabin next door and get killed by Jason. Uh, as they like witness it so you know and i i looked it up online and somebody said if on the blu-ray there's a director's comedy or commentary and the director himself says that he was inspired by friday the 13th part four while writing oh, this. so wow. yep it's a very uh, it is a intentional nod to that one so and it was this like a direct to dvd sort of thing yeah so it's funny that you called that this was released straight to video but it had its like premiere on the sci-fi channel. Okay. Well then that yep. totally makes sense. Do you know if it was edited? Uh I don't think it was all that much. Maybe some of the gore was cut, but well definitely the nudity was cut, but uh like I don't think much of the gore was cuz that was always the thing. Like sci-fi channel was pretty good about not cutting gore, so a lot of that would still be in these movies. Um and that's the first time I saw this was on the sci-fi channel with a group of friends. Uh, and we had a blast watching it because it was just like, what's this movie? OK, leave it on. Um, and we had a blast. And it was one of those moments where watching it this time. I remembered that memory of seeing it for the first time and was like, man, I've always just been chasing that high of watching movies that are so bad. They're good with a group of friends and having a blast like that's the that's the ideal way to experience them. Yeah, and it's that's very interesting because I don't think I had that relationship with horror movies. Mm -hmm. I would watch them and share them with people like back in like my like stoner party days. Like that was always my goal was to meet new friends who were into horror movies or, you know, the friends I had and show them things they hadn't seen that were good. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know. Like it follows and the Baba Duke and yeah. things like that. Like these movies that I thought were like great horror movies that not everyone had seen. Mm-hmm. That was like that was what I was into. I wasn't into getting together to watch the bad ones that mm-hmm. were that's so bad they're good. Which now I'm more into that because of you, but I didn't have that similar relationship. Like if a movie wasn't scary and it was dumb. Like Mm -hmm. a a horror film, I typically would turn it off and not finish it. Yeah. So it's that I had a much different relationship with horror movies. And now my mind is sort of recalibrating and enjoying the bad ones. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because and I've had like the opposite where I grew up watching (laughs) too much Mystery Science Theater 3000, just way too much like late night weird cable channels and shit and seeing like weird movies. And and that's always what I was seeking because I'm like, that's the most fun to watch with people is just to experience something really weird or strange or bad or whatever, just totally off kilter with other people. Um, and so like things that were like art housey, like it took me a while to come around to that, like more prestige, like, okay, I can sit through these and enjoy these. Like I, that took some calibration over time to get used to like, Oh, well I'm watching intentionally good things now. Okay. This is different. That's so funny. We're so opposite, which is yeah. why, why we're still enjoying each other after almost three years. <laughs> I, I think so really. And I think that's why this whole thing works. So, <laughs> and okay, let's talk a little bit more about casting because the girl who plays Amanda is very pretty. I find the makeup not great on her, like when she's sort of banged up, like it just looks yeah. <laughs> so bad. But yes. her name is Haley Joel, spelled exactly like the first two names of Haley Joel Osmond. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, that is so dumb. I hate that. I wish she would just have changed her name. Um, not that she should have to or whatever, but it's just weird. And then I was thinking Preston was kind of hot, yet not completely. And then when I looked him up, it's Matt McCoy, who, if you've seen The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, is the hot bearded dad in that. And that's the thing. You put a beard on that man, and he is sexy A. F. Oh my God. The hand that rocks the cradle. I mean, that was 92. So I was like a teenager when that came out, like 13 or 12. And Mm -hmm. I like, even though I hadn't come into my own sexuality, I can like, when I think about that movie, I automatically think about how hot he is. And I don't know that I've seen it since. I bet that has campy value to it. Oh, it's gotta be. I'm looking at the poster right now. I know. Maybe I have. I don't know. Like, it's one of those, (laughs) like, I remember the title, like, uh, seeing images of it, like, it brings back memories. Like, yeah, Ernie Hudson is in it. Um, and yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It is so, uh, yeah. I mean, and at the time it was like, Ooh, it's like in the vein of, you know, sleeping with the enemy. Yeah. Like that, that time frame. also deceived. Did you ever see deceived with Goldie Mm -hmm. Hawn? No, not that one. It's like a similar, like they were all in that like early nineties thriller, usually not deceived. But oftentimes, like the crazy female, yeah, like that was like a big thing. And single white female, you ha- tell me you've seen single white female long time ago. Yeah, that's that is a classic. Yeah, I love single white female. No, the, the hand that rocked the cradle totally looks like one of those. I, I think it's like my parents watched it, and I saw like you know parts of it or something like like it's got to be one of those. Yeah. So yes, that guy is so uh, he's just so fucking sexy. So here he's not as hot because he's totally shaved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then there's a character Otis Wilhelm, which is <laughs> funny because is that how you say it? The Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Because there is a Wilhelm scream in this. Yes. And I think by a different character, not Otis. I think it's um, uh, Ziegler. I don't know which character Ziegler yeah. is. Oh, that's Lance Henriksen. That was when, Lance Henriksen. Yep. Yeah. When he dies, is there's the Wilhelm scream. Yes. Um. So, yeah. And the, the great thing about this is, like, the character, like, the, the, the Bigfoot slash Sasquatch slash, slash Yeti. Are they all the same thing, by the way? Pretty much everyone. It's like Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, Abominable Snowman, uh, Yowie, uh, Skunk Ape, 
What? Uh, what were those last two? Uh, Yowie is Australian. It's like wild, the wild man that's supposed to live in the Australian outback. Okay. Skunk ape is like Florida's Bigfoot. Like it's just a Bigfoot that lives in the Everglades and they call it the skunk ape. But all of these are just synonyms for the same like, you know, ape man that people see running around all over the world. Apparently, apparently they're all over the place. So, you know, it's it's a it's a legend all over. Okay. Um, I'm going a little bit. But since you talked about this sort of, you know, nationwide where it's called everywhere else on our good friends over at only slightly opinionated on their Mm -hmm. episode about aliens, they, and I can't remember the exact quote, but they talked about how like 90% of all alien sightings are from the U S something like that. And isn't that like bizarre and also like probably a little telling like why, because Americans are so like fame hungry. So like, But it also is just like, huh, that's so bizarre. Like, I just, that stuck out to me as like, what yeah. an interesting, even though the statistic I'm giving isn't probably exact, it, it's high like that. It was like in the 90s. It's very high, not, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, uh, and a lot of people think it has to do with if this is some kind of psychological phenomenon or more tying into people's like sort of psychological issues than, huh. you know, there's some kind of Ameri- uniquely American phenomenon happening then, so. Okay. So yeah. sorry to go off on a little tangent, but also shout out only slightly opinionated. Yeah. Check it out. Check them out. Um, so yes. So I, so Yeti Bigfoot is all around the world. There's different sightings and things like that, which is a fascinating notion, truly. Mm-hmm. But yes, this movie has some good gore. No CGI. That's where I was going. Like the Bigfoot, like does not look fantastic. Granted, it's 2000. What is it? Six. Yeah, so and, and something on that too that I thought was interesting yeah, is there's, there's a version that's floating around now, like because uh, I watched this through Peacock, and I know that the version that's on Peacock is the more recent. Like in recent years, the director went through and he did like a digital restoration and okay. cleanup of the movie. But one of the things he altered was they digitally altered the eyes of the monster mm. to make them look less goofy. Pretty much is all I could put together. Because uh, if you watch this, like as I remembered seeing it on television, like broadcast on the sci-fi channel, the Bigfoot is pretty heinous looking like the face. And I think you can find some comparison photos online, but it had these big like googly eyes that like just looked So that was the worst part of it. The eyes just did not look good on the mask. Um, but that was something they did when they remastered it. He also went through and they digitally changed its eyes to be less silly looking throughout the movie. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool. And it looks better now, like the version I've seen recently. Like, yeah, that looks less goofy than what it used to look like. But I still appreciate in this day and age of CGI heavy everything mm-hmm. that it is like practical effects through and through. And it also yes. adds to a little bit of the fun. Absolutely, looks kind of silly and and everything like that. I also read something that the guy who's in the opening, Mm -hmm. who is that? Is he someone? Rex Lynn. I just looked him up. He said, like, I read this in like the IMDb trivia that he only agreed to do it if he got to play the monster at some point. Mm. And I don't know if he did. That's all it said. But okay, I wonder. Since he's in it, I feel like maybe he must have at some point. Maybe he was in the costume at some point. Yeah. Which would be kind of fun, like a kind of fun negotiation. Yeah, um, like, I'll do your movie, and yes, I'll take the five hundred dollars you have for me in the budget. Yes, yep. I'll only be on set one day, but also, 
<laughs> yeah, I want to do one scene where I'm in the monster cast. <laughs> that's so fun. I'm like, that's a that's a fun negotiation. Just like when you hear about like rock stars and like their green rooms and the things that they ask for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like ridiculous, but also I would just be curious to see who's fun with it. Like, yeah. you know, like what only are the, green M&Ms. That's exactly where my mind went. And why is that? I yeah. like literally was thinking only green M&Ms. Yeah. Like to have to think of, I mean, now I think it's easy enough to order like off eBay or to go to a M&M store and get all green M&Ms. At some point though, some little assistant had to sit down with hundreds of bags of M&Ms. I'm just yeah, only those <laughs> and fill the bowl. <laughs> and oh, take God. all the rest. Yeah. I guess you got all the rest. So <laughs> also um, this movie has what you in the past have enjoyed, which is the like archaic internet search oh god yes i was i was cracking up when it got to that point where he's like i'm gonna email the police station like i love i don't know why it just speaks to a certain time and place and like i was young then so it's like you know it's totally nostalgia for my my uh teen years to see somebody be like yeah that's what we did we didn't have cell phones and then you were like looking stuff up on this slow ass internet to be like somebody's got to be able to help and wait how did did i miss how did he have the phone number to text the girls he did some kind of phone lookup. What? Yeah, because he overheard like <laughs> that. That part was a little weird, but he overheard like one of their names and was able to do like a phone lookup search and found the cell phone number. That That's is what it was. so dumb. Yes, like a white pages online thing and found okay. the phone number. Yeah. So the okay, I know I've already. If you haven't seen this movie or whatever, you're probably a little confused. But this guy in a wheelchair, Preston is like is taken to this cabin where he once stayed with this guy otis who otis is his caretaker yeah sir otis is like the living nurse nurse for him yep on this like what (laughs) that's another thing is i don't even really remember the story addressing like why they thought it was a good idea for him to go back there because that was like the site of the accident that put him in the wheelchair yeah, so, so he had been in like a climbing accident with his wife or his girlfriend. I can't or like, remember. Maybe that was their house. Did they live there? And he was yeah. finally returning home, I think. But I can't he'd remember. been in like a climbing accident with his love interest. And yeah, his she wife died. Yep. And he had become um paralyzed. Paralyzed. And so he's in a wheelchair. This this like cabin, of course, has like steps. And then like these hawk this like carload of hot girls pulls in next door to the cabin next to him. And then he's like, you know, he's sort of creeping on them a little bit, but like their Bigfoot comes, raises hat like hell. And that's the crux of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one, so here's where I think that the, the story could have not gone like deeper, but made some, some choices that could have been, had Better. a little more flavor to them. <laughs> yeah. Is first of all, no spoilers but there is a part that sort of harkens back to a situation like he had with his previous love interest who died in like a climbing incident like there is a climbing moment that happens and he doesn't like roll underneath the girl to like save her like nothing (laughs) happens she falls she does not die spoiler alert but like it's a silly movie it doesn't matter but like he doesn't do that like yeah. I thought that's what was going to happen like that th- that's for sure where we were going he was going to have this moment to sort of repair his past where he couldn't save his yeah. wife/girlfriend slash whatever 
also like at one point he does email the police as you mentioned to say like hey there's a monster here and they're like oh that's old preston whatever his name is <laughs> he's, like, crazy. he's crazy but they, there's no reason that he's crazy which makes me think in the situation in the past when he became paralyzed and when his girlfriend slash wife whatever died there should have been a, a bigfoot situation there that yeah. he was like, no, Bigfoot came and unattached our rope. And they're like, no, we think it might have been you, but you got off on like, you know, mm -hmm. um, lack of evidence, lack of like, that's what should have happened to give the police the collateral to like not trust him. Yeah. And f and for the end, for a time, a little bit of time to be like. You know, oh, did he do it or was it really a monster? Like, it just would have given the seasoning to a more yeah fleshed out story that had more layers to it. And not to make it like better because it is what is it what it is still. Yeah, it's still a killer Bigfoot movie. I just kept thinking, oh, well, that's what's going to happen. And it didn't. And not in like a good surprising way, just in a, oh, that was a missed opportunity kind of way. Yeah, I, it, it's one of those things that makes you wonder too about the creative process where you're like, are there deleted scenes? Do they have to cut some stuff? Did mm -hmm. the script get rewritten really quickly? And they kind of like, you know, because sometimes when that happens on the fly, some scenes don't jive anymore. So you wonder if like, oh, maybe there was more to the story from the past. And that's why the cops didn't trust him. But they rewrote all of that early stuff. And then some of that dialogue between the police didn't change. So you're like, OK, that's confusing and doesn't make sense anymore. I also thought there could have been a twist where Preston is ultimately bad. Like, hmm. you think he just couldn't save his wife, girlfriend in the beginning, but... In, he killed her. Or, but he killed her. And then yeah. in the end, maybe he throws Amanda to the Bigfoot or something, or he's the killer all along. Like, I thought there could have also been like yeah. a crazy twist that he wasn't a good guy, which yeah. would have been fun. But maybe if that would have happened, I would have hated it as well. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been too much. Like, don't mess... <laughs> Don't mess too much with a good thing, which is just a silly monster movie. So. And it is. It is that. It is not a great movie, but no. halfway through, I started to have fun. But, like, I would have turned this off. Yeah. And, had I been watching it all on my own and my own druthers or whatever that word yeah. is. And, and props to Matt McCoy, because he actually does, like, act his heart out, like, in this. Like, he tries really hard with the material, because there's a couple, of, like, he gives a monologue at one point about, like, surviving to her, and you're like, <laughs> okay, like, he's going for it, and that's awesome to see, even in a silly movie like this, like, he is uh, giving it his all, so like, that's always appreciated, too. Okay, and something I want to start doing, and I can't believe we haven't done it up until this point, is, and I think it's crossed my mind before, but I just didn't go there. I think in movies where there's killing, we should say what the best kill is. Oh, yeah, we've never done that. Yeah. Yeah, and this one's so, got one. This like, one's got quite a few, I gotta say. So I already mentioned, like, the guy that has, like, his head, like, eaten and chomped in half. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it, from the front, not, like, above, but, like, from the front. Yeah, it's just so the, awesome. The front of his skull gets taken off. A woman, the monster from below him, cracks through the ceiling and pulls her down <laughs> another woman is stomped on another woman is nightmare on elm street part Pulled one through dragged through a window like there's so many good 
kills in this. Yeah, and this Bigfoot is just a kill machine. Like, oh, it, yeah. can't, it can't stop. So, nope, like, can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Yeah, I do like the one where it just reaches through the ceiling and pulls her from the floor above through the floor. Like, <laughs> because he's uh, like, don't move, don't move. Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. So, uh, is that your, um, Kill of approval. <laughs> yeah, that's my top. The kill award definitely kill award. is. Definitely Otis getting his face ripped off. Like, that is just something to behold when it happens. Yeah, that's got to be mine. I would say that the runner-up comes to the girl getting pulled through the little window. Because it's yeah. done well. It doesn't look dumb like no, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's done very well. And that's also, I believe that was Tiffany Shepis who gets pulled through the window. Uh, another shout out. She's a she's a B movie like Maven. She's in a million B movies. Okay. So shout out to her as well. Yeah, but fun. So bad it's good. Hello, back to te- harken back to teacher. Drew. Yeah, exactly. Talk about the synchronicity, teacher Drew, that you wrote in for this episode, and I made some choice selections for the discussion of so bad it's good. So um, unless you got anything else to add about Abominable, I don't. Um, let's rate this bad boy. So yeah. out of out of five, um, you know, big, big foot, foot stomps to the torso. How many do you give it? I'm going to give it three and a half Whoa! stomps to the torso. Cool. I'm going to go three and a half, too. You are? Yeah, let's do it. All right. There's a big fat scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah. This- yeah, buddy. This thing is definitely like watch it with friends and understand it's going to be silly <laughs> going into it so and yeah. just have fun just have fun so and i can't ask you before i would rather not know because it is fun to have to figure it out whether it's mm. good or bad or whatever yeah <laughs> so i'm glad i didn't know because it made the the turnaround i had so much fun but like for a while i was kind of miserable like you're I was like, like oh fuck. no yeah what the fuck is this yeah all right, well, moving on to another Bigfoot movie. Yep. Uh, and that one is called Exists from 2014. Uh, and the tagline is, the legend is real, so is the terror. And the description is, a group of friends venture into the remote Texas woods for a party weekend and find themselves stalked by Bigfoot. So, like, literally the same plot of the movie we just watched. But <laughs> a little <laughs> different some, here. Some similar things as well. So the best part about this movie is the poster, which has includes something that doesn't even happen in the movie. Yes. Yep. <laughs> which correct. is so fucking annoying. The poster, and I said this to Jeremy, I think off air when we like when we stopped recording the first half, because I pulled it up to see if it was on like my little site that I watch all my movies on. And I was like, oh, that poster is awesome. Because the poster has like a Bigfoot screaming in the background and then a car turned upside down with a tree, like through the middle of it like stabbed through the car yeah it looks awesome and it does not exist no it doesn't exist in this movie (laughs) but of course uh, off the top i gotta say you saw who directed this right yes yes that's why i was sanchez that's why i surprised you hadn't seen it half of the directing team that gave us the original blair witch project so i know and they've not which just is so fascinating to think about how neither of them have done anything of note truly yeah, since no. the Blair Witch Project. It was it, like a lightning in a bottle thing. This feels like an attempt to recapture that because this movie is so really fucking similar to the original Blair Witch Project in that it's oh, yeah. found footage in the woods getting chased, but trying to up the ante by, I guess, throwing in Bigfoot and I don't know. 
So go ahead. What are your impressions? My gripes, because I have quite a few of them, but also it's not worth it, truly, Mm because it's just bad. Like, this is so bad, it's just bad to me. Like, the characters are just so annoying. There's nothing, you're just annoyed by them, or they're just not fleshed out. My my favorite part was the girl who played Becky in Friday Night Lights, isn't it? Dora. And it's also weird because her name is Dora Madison, the actor, and she is called Dora in the film, which made me think it was like the Blair Witch Project, but no one else. (laughs) Elizabeth is played by Denise. Todd is played by Roger. Brian is played by Chris. (laughs) Like, it's like, why? Like, especially a name like Dora. Surely in this script, her name was not just Dora. Yeah. Like, that is so weird. That is so weird. But she plays (laughs) Becky in Friday Night Lights. Did you see Friday Night Lights? Long time ago. Oh, fuck. It's so like I'm talking about the series, not the movie, but the series oh, is so good. Never watched the series. Are I've you fucking only, kidding me, Jeremy? Only, only the movie. Oh, my God. It's so good. You should watch it with your wife because my husband used to watch it and I was like, I'm not going to watch that football shit. And then, like, <laughs> I would come up from my smoking den back in the day and he'd be like catching the end of an episode and I would be like crying. Like, I've watched 10 minutes of it. It uh-huh. is. So, so good. You got to watch it. And Sarah cool. would love it. Cool, cool. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, but she's in it towards the end. Uh, so, yes, the characters just dumb and annoying and not fleshed out at all, which yep. I think is part of the reason Blair Witch is so good. Like, even if, like, Heather drives you crazy, like, they all feel like real people because they are. Mm-hmm. You know, but they feel so real. And I think that's a huge part of why that movie works is because it feels so real. Yeah. And this feels not real, (laughs) contrived and, you know, just not good. And also there's just the camera work because it is found footage. So many times feels like there's a million cameras around that gripe of where's this? Where's the camera? Why does everyone that goes to do something like better put on the GoPro first and go run out there? Like, yeah, there's too many cameras like this. I towards the end, I was like, this would have worked better had you just made a normal movie. Drop the found footage. A hundred percent gimmick entirely and just made an, uh, a normal movie because the Bigfoot stuff is cool. Like the Bigfoot in this is cool. Like that's the only thing that works. And I think is interesting is the Bigfoot, the monster itself. Everything else is like, man, I wish this monster was in a better movie. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. I wish both of the Bigfoots and each of our films, I feel I that they should be taller and bigger, which may be hard to do without mm-hmm. like putting someone on stilts or whatever. But I just, when ultimately seen like next to someone feel like just a little taller. Yeah. They, but they, I love the idea that they're like, don't need Is it in um, abominable that they say he's like 12 feet? Yes. Somewhere and he's say, obviously not like, yeah, he's, he's just obviously a little taller not. than like, than like Otis or whatever. Yeah. And, and then next to him and this movie, it's clearly like just man sized, like a large man, but still just yes. man sized. So. But I, so I wish that the Bigfoot was bigger, but yes, the best, I think that there's like two great moments in this movie. One is when the kid goes on his bike to call his uncle, which is just like, there's just so many dumb things in regards to plot that it's just like not even worth giving at the time, but he goes off on his bike. And as opposed to being like, I'm going to drive back and like, you know, go on the road and go to like, you've got like, if you're a bike rider, surely you could ride somewhere that's even 60 miles away in a few hours. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, exactly. Why, why is it all like he's like, I'm going to just drive along weird trails until I can get a signal. It's like, just drive to safety. Yeah. Just drive to out, safety. Get out of the woods. <laughs> like so many dumb choices. But he goes to call his uncle. And because, sorry, I, I always want to give a little bit of plot. So this group of kids come to say their uncle's cabin. And while they're there, Bigfoot arrives and they can't leave because their car does not have a tree shoved into it, but rather just on top of it. And they're sort of stuck there. The end. Yeah. Um, so he goes to call his uncle and Bigfoot, like it's broad daylight and Bigfoot like chases after him. And it's like, it's like an exciting chase sequence. Yeah. That chase sequence is awesome. It's great. And then at the end, there's a whole thing with like a mobile home or like a camper trailer rather. Sorry. Yeah. Like a camper trailer. And that sequence is really cool too. Yes. That's really well done. And yeah. And as you see the monster in the end too, like I think they, a lot of thought went into it. Uh, Cause uh, whoever, because like the top credited actor on Letterboxd is the guy that played Bigfoot in this movie. When you look at the cast list, and it's like, okay, he did the work. Like he's behaving in uh, ways that make it feel like a real animal because it's acting like a primate. He's going hard into that like sort of chimpanzee, you know, gorilla sort of behavior. So you feel like it's a real creature uh, on screen, which is pretty cool. But like that's th- that's the best acting is the guy that played the Bigfoot. So. Yeah, and both of these movies have like little twists at the end, but sorry, again, I was thinking so uh okay, I'm going to get into a little bit of spoilers here. So, if you want to watch this movie, which trust me, you don't need to, you mm-hmm. can go ahead and watch it and be done with the episode or whatever. But at one the the twist here is they find a Bigfoot dead, which probably was from shooting him at some point right like it's somewhere along the way one no, of the in, bigfoot got shot in the beginning they hit it with the car oh it's that one that's that one because yes. there's flies and everything got it okay yep. I, I just didn't even care yeah. um but yeah so in the very beginning they hit a bigfoot while they hit trying to light one of the guy's beards on fire which his yep. whole face could have just gone up in flames yeah so ridiculous. And that would have yes. been more interesting, a plot point. Thank you. Yes. Okay. It all makes sense now. So they had hit a Bigfoot. That Bigfoot died, and the parent Bigfoot comes after them, essentially, to mm-hmm. you know, get revenge. For revenge. But when they first saw that Bigfoot in the nest, I thought that the Bigfoot that was after them was going to be the uncle. Mm. like that the uncle was crazy and i don't know i thought that was gonna be the twist because like the uncle was like where are you like when you talked to him yeah and i thought that's what it was gonna be like the uncle was crazy all along and was, people. had been out there killing people and th- there was really a big foot but the uncle was the crazy one not mm-hmm. the case um but yeah so that's sort of the twist here but then the other one has sort of the fun twist at the end of there being all these bigfoots which of course if there's one there's got to be more yeah tons of them which is yeah. cool yeah, so I thought that was going to be the big twist, and it wasn't. Also, how dumb that they're going out there to make the best YouTube video ever. That's like the goal of the movie, mm-hmm. is for them to go do that, which is just dumb. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, these characters are not likable, they're not interesting, and that's the hardest part. And there's a lot of little things, too. Like, this movie came out after a paranormal activity had already happened. Like Cloverfield had already happened. I think found footage had hit critical mass and had its moment. And it's like, why are you still doing a found footage movie in 2014? Like, no wonder this got lost in the shuffle. Cause you would think that one of the dudes that helped make Blair Witch project is doing a crazy Bigfoot found footage movie. You think that would have blown this thing up more, but it, nobody cared. Um, and 
it's got a lot of like and cabin in the woods had already happened too like the fact that you're doing a cabin in the woods movie that's so trite like full of stereotypical stupid teen characters in again 2014 was like what are you doing cabin in the woods already happened they already skewered that whole thing like you can't really you can't do that again without putting a interesting spin on it so yeah there's just a lot of like missteps in the story here yeah it's it's a little wild to me that there isn't a singular Bigfoot movie that's effective and scary. Like so yeah. far, the majority of the ones that we've liked have been silly. Yes. And this one, as I watched this, I kept thinking how like, like I like, and Willow Creek even came out before this movie. And that Willow, came out. It did, came out before this. Yeah. Willow that's Creek. the best of them for sure. Yes. Willow Creek came out the year before this. So it's okay. like that totally stole the thunder as well. And Willow Creek is just a much better movie. But I know that Willow Creek is not for everybody either. And my thought was like, man, if you like took Willow Creek, but put the monster from this in it, mm-hmm. I think you could create like the ultimate Bigfoot horror movie. Like if you took the best stuff of Willow Creek, but had an actually like cool Bigfoot in there. Um, that would have been like, that's your ultimate Bigfoot movie right there. But yeah, it m- leaves the spot open, like for someone to come in and do Bigfoot proud. Yeah, do him proud. Do an awesome, scary one. Cause it's, it, there's so much potential there and nobody's nailed it yet. They haven't. So yeah. Yeah. It's just not, not great. Not this, great at all. This was a movie I remembered too. Like this is only my second time watching this one. And I seem to remember liking it. Like, I think I watched it like when it first came out in 2014 and being like, not crazy about it, but being like, okay, that was fun, a fun time waster. But rewatching it now with modern eyes, I was like, I don't like this at all. And I'm like upset that I don't like it more. That's what's happening. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's a movie about Bigfoot. I should like this more, but I don't. So I, uh, I also hate the title. Like, I yeah. get it, but like, it's just gross to me. Like, exists. Yeah. Like, there, I there- don't like it. Yeah, there could be something like, I don't know, even something cheesier like Bigfoot lives, I would take over, you know, exists. Even if it was it exists, something, I don't know, just like Bigfoot exists. Yeah, just exists is just, I don't know. I don't like it. By itself, it's like that's boring and weird. And then it like comes up at the very end. Yeah. The whole dramatic, like, look how cool we are. Yes. Like like, very few movies can pull that off. Yeah. And it's like, this is not one of them. Yeah. (laughs) So not at all. So yeah, unless you got anything else to add. I that's, don't. That's that's a wrap. So I'm done talking about it. Out of um, oh oh my god, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Lauren, the goth botanist, had recently mentioned this. This is a found footage movie that clearly features non-diegetic music in it. Yeah, because there's a score Happy. at the end. You're like, what? And there's also a scene too where they're like partying, and it's a montage, but there's like a rock song playing over it, and you're like, mm-hmm. if. If that was supposed to be in the world, like it would be all chopped up, like in the video clips here. But like, no, it's playing over like a montage. So you're like, that's annoying. Who edited this? I <laughs> so, mean, maybe Brian did or whatever his name yeah, was. I guess he did after the fact and decided to be like, all my friends got killed, but I turned it into a movie and put music <laughs> over it. <laughs> oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. But yeah. So out of. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold oh. on. Sorry. One last thing. And also the the correlation between the two, they both have a character that is attacked by Bigfoot, le- like seemingly dead, and then found in a cave, yes. and then ultimately killed. Yes, just to they be killed off. They both have that, which is hilarious. Just to be like immediately killed off. Yep, yep. Once they're found, yep. Wild. So, 
Yeah, out of five uh, GoPros that just seem to be everywhere, omniscient <laughs> GoPros, uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it two omniscient GoPros for two good scenes. Yeah, um, man, I was almost going to go higher, but it's like my rating is entirely just because the monster is cool and like nothing else about this movie is. So I'm also giving it two. All right. Well, that means you can take this movie and throw it on the slash throw it on the slash heap just toss it no mm-hmm. need to watch there's better things to watch if you have to watch one of these two watch abominable because you can have a good time with it you're gonna have a this good time will literally just make you angry i think this will just bore you and at least it was only 80 minutes long oh, so. thank god thank yes. god but there you go a couple bigfoot movies in the bag don't worry i've got more i was working on a list of them where i'm oh, like i should start sure to work do. should work these in some more so oh, we'll boy. we'll eventually see some other ones of varying quality as well so. no don't make it happen no no please no oh boy all right well Everybody, we would love to hear from you. Uh, so write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta, scaringasharing. All one word, smash it together. <laughs> and um, remember, Wolfman's got nards. <gasps> Whoa, you really switched it up there. Oh my God. Um, I, I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> Other than you're all my children now. Ooh, good one. And keep uh come back and listen to us and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.